Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. Welcome back, Jen. Here we are on the remote road again, ready to have another fabulous remote conversation. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Michelle, and I'm super excited to be back with you as well as to be heading down the remote pathway with you. And today we get to dip our toes into the landscape of our Digital Dozen partner, Victor of the voluntary sector. And I'm super excited that we have Kristen with us today. So we're going to do an official welcome. But both you and I know Kristen, our special guest, and she's going to be with us not only for this episode, but for a future episode. Kristen is the executive director of Social Venture Partners with over two decades of experience leading business units and strategic vendor relationships for Capital One, GE Consumer Finance, and Bank of America. More recently, she is the creator and founder of Pivot Point Professionals, LLC, a boutique coaching and consulting firm focused on helping professionals, executives, and entrepreneurs make changes in their career and businesses to align their purpose and performance with their priorities. Talk about a timely title. Kristen also holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and a certificate for business essentials and nonprofit leadership from Wake Forest University. Along with her husband, Aaron, she enjoys cooking and hosting friends in her Huntersville home which I bet is not happening as often as you would like now, Kristen. (laughs) No, it sure isn't. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. You know, you and I met at CCI, an event at CCI. We were put at a table together and then we got to join in Jennifer Britton's Learning Lab and Design Studio together. So I feel like we're having a little mini reunion here together. So it is wonderful to be with both of you. Um, despite our physical distance, that is one of the best things about this technology and about this very topic is that we get to we get to make these relationships. I've never met Jen in person, but I feel like over the course of our time together, I've gotten to know her really well. So it is an honor and a true privilege to be with both of you today. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, Kristen. And we're super excited because I got to meet you in a very special year of your life when you were on sabbatical. But today we're going to talk about the adventures you've had in the last six months. And, you know, certainly, well, I guess nine months now, you know, tell us a little bit about 
what this last phase of your work is. You've heard, we've, we've heard the sort of professional introduction, but you've been tasked with a really exciting role. Tell us a little bit about it and how it connects in with the remote space. Well, I don't know that I would have ever imagined myself being here. And a lot of times I describe my role as the executive director for Social Venture Partners Charlotte as the dream job I never knew existed. Um, So as you mentioned, I took a sabbatical and I was doing some soul searching looking for that next opportunity and went through a pretty rigorous um, search process, but was named the executive director for a venture philanthropy nonprofit located here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's a really fancy term, and a lot of people don't necessarily understand what venture philanthropy is. But just like venture capitalists invest in high potential and growing entrepreneurial businesses, Um, We come together as a nonprofit ourselves and collectively invest in high potential and growing nonprofit businesses. So not only do we pool our resources to create a grant fund that we invest in other nonprofits, but we also bring our expertise, time, and experiences alongside to work with nonprofits leaders and their boards to help them address their mission. And our mission has been to passionately attack social and economic inequality. And never has there been a more important time to be about that work. So while we operate here, we're part of a broader... We operate here in the Charlotte region, but we're part of a larger international organization. So Social Venture Partners International started out in Seattle in the late 90s, has now grown to be an affiliate network of more than 43 affiliates operating in eight different countries around the world. So we have largely been very in-person and very focused here in the Charlotte region, collaborating with my colleagues, you know, in the affiliate network around the world. But due to the pandemic, we've had to shift much of our programming as well as our biggest event of the year had to be shifted to operating virtually. So it's become very, very relevant um, on a lot of factors and how we, how we're addressing social and economic inequality locally. Oh, I love, I love hearing about that. And, and as you would know, you know, my roots were in the nonprofit world as well. And, you know, it, it, it challenges us to do things in very innovative ways. And of course, when need is great and growing, uh, it calls us forward as leaders to continue to be very clear on how we can make the biggest impact with the resourcing we have. So first of all, thank you for making time because there is never enough time, especially in the world mm. of the nonprofit world. So thank you for joining us. And, um, you know, what drew you to this beyond the mandate? Like what you before this, even on sabbatical, you were you were working remote when I first met you. So what drew you to to working this way? You know, I've had experience for more than, this is going to date me, but more than 20 years. Because when I got my start in corporate America, um, I was working in operational call centers and operational business units. But the, the beginning stages of outsourcing and the term offshoring started to happen. And so I had learned and evolved. And this was long before Zoom or video conferencing. Was This was the age-old day of, you know, teleconferences and conference calls. But, you know, I found a way to work effectively with external companies and vendor-supplier relationships literally around the world. 
And so that just continued to evolve. And then as I grew in my performance and as I kind of ran up the, the corporate ladder, my responsibility started to spread and I started to have direct reports that were working in other cities and other countries and working with other business units globally. So my background is in financial services, as Michelle mentioned, and I've worked for some of the US's and really some of the world's largest financial companies. So I've had a lot of experience there. And so remote working has never been super intimidating to me. It was always like if I had a computer and a phone line, and now the phone lines become obsolete... I could do my job from anywhere. And so I, I think I, I just, it has evolved as the globalization of our economy has evolved. And then when I came to the nonprofit sector last fall, I was a little surprised because many of our partners, those are our donors slash volunteers, many of them have very full and challenging lives and careers and families and things that they're juggling. And so I was kind of surprised that we had a culture of always meeting in person. And so I kept thinking about my former life. And if I were trying to volunteer in the organization, how, how would I have juggled that? And it would have been very difficult. And so we started slowly introducing the opportunity. We still collectively gathered at our office when it was safe to do so. But I kept set, hearing people say, well, if, I could, if you could set up a bridge line or if you could set up a Zoom meeting, I'd love to dial in. And so we started small. And then, of course, you know, the middle of March came and... It was it was thrust upon us, but it really did never. It never. I think I had enough confidence from my experience and from my past life to know that it really. If you look at it more as an opportunity than as a hindrance, then you can be creative and you can be innovative, and frankly, you can be more inclusive and allow greater numbers of people to participate. And that's exactly what we've experienced over the last two and a half months. Love that you bring that voice to the virtual table and also having that awareness of, wait, I've been doing this for a really long time. And you have that heart of an investor, right? Uh, whether it's your time or your energy or your talents, you just have that again in your own life and you're able to bring it now into the voluntary sector. And it's so um, needed, right? Like you said, for such a time as this, this is when these yeah. skills really... Um, were beneficial to this company. You were able to bring that uh, perspective. So now you can bring voice to the individual remote worker because now everyone's in that space with you. So what's important to you as a remote worker? You know, I think one of the greatest commodities we have right now is time. And so that extra time that I would be spending in the car, commuting to and from. I I live about 35 miles from where I work. So it's a it's a decent little drive every day in and out of the office. Um, I also love the lifestyle flexibility that comes with it. Um, you know, I had, as I mentioned, even in my previous life when I was working in corporate America, I had the ability to not lose productivity from other locations besides my office or my home. So back in, you know, several years ago, my mom had to have double knee replacement. Well, I was able to pick up and go be her primary caregiver during her recovery at home and still meet all of my obligations to my workplace. Um, recently, I like to tell people my husband and I ran away from home to my family's vacation home in Florida. And we didn't do anything different than we do here in North Carolina, but it was just more sunshine and it was just a change of scenery. So we were able to work the entire, almost the entire month of May 
um, from that location. And again, not really missing a beat. I still met all my obligations. In fact, I didn't even take a vacation day while I was away. It was like those hours before work and after work, I was able to, you know, enjoy differently because I was in a different place. But those are, you know, those are the things that I think most people don't realize that you can still have a really full life and you can still be just as productive um, from another location and working remotely as you are in a physical office. Yeah. And I guess linked to that is my question, you know, like, what do you love about this work? You talked about just the multiple benefits, but what do you, what really jazzes you to do this type of work all the time? I love the innovation that has come from our organization through this time. It has really forced us to think differently about how we deliver programming. It's also allowed us to um, not limit our inclusion. And when I say that, I don't mean from a, a demographic perspective, but I mean truly in terms of the number of people. So as you probably are, as everybody is aware, the nonprofit sector, your budgets are so you know, tight and, and the margins are just so paper thin. And so a lot of times the size of your events or the, the number of people you can include in a particular program, a lot of times is driven by the logistics of physically being together. You have to rent a space or you have to provide refreshments or you have to print out workbooks or certain things. And so this remote Delivering programming remotely and working remotely has really enabled us to be much more broader and much more open to the number of people that we could serve in our meetings. Um, and we've had, you know, we've just we've been able to do more. Um, we've been able to collaborate with other people outside the region because we're not limited by who can physically be in person. So it's really given us opportunity to build more relationships and. Um, seek out kind of the best subject matter experts, not just the ones that are closest to us in proximity. And so, you know, that has been exciting and energizing and been really fun to watch um, evolve over the last few weeks. Mm. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. So Michelle's got a really good question for you next because we know it hasn't all been rosy. Michelle, over to you on the next question. Yeah, the flip side. Right. Yeah. Cause that mindset, I love it so much because it pulls you through and it gives you the energy that you need to blaze new trails. Right. But then there's also the challenges. So what challenges have you experienced both as an organization um, and maybe individually as well? So our organization, um, we just celebrated our 15th anniversary and we had to do so virtually. Um, but our organization has a deep and longstanding culture of meeting in person and those face-to-face and personal relationships. And while those will always continue, um, it was a little bit of a challenge when we started to make this shift um, to help everybody get comfortable with a new technology. I mean, we have partners that range in age from 30 years old to 81. So there was a little bit of a, a learning curve, but I think we did so with intentionality and we allowed everybody the dignity of giving them whatever level of support they needed to be effective. Um, so, you know, we've really, it's taken some time to get comfortable and adjust to some of the hiccups, but everyone has really done so quickly and effectively. Um, I think the number one challenge is, you know, like I said, was that technology hurdle and just deciding, and we're still evaluating because we're probably going to be in this environment for 
some more time. So continuously evaluating what technology will best meet our needs because there's so many options out there. I think personally during the pandemic, I've found it harder and harder to draw boundaries. Um, I've always been, I tell people I'm a recovering corporate workaholic. Um, now that you know there's less opportunities to do things socially or less commitments in my personal life, it's become a little harder um, to draw those boundaries, especially when I'm doing such great and meaningful work and the need is, is as high as it is. It's really hard to, to turn that off. I had someone once say, you know, you're not really working at home, you're living at work. And I was like, oh boy, does that ring true for me right now? And I don't have anybody really to blame other than myself. Um, I don't have any children. I've got minimal obligations outside of my husband and I. And so I love my work and it's really tempting to get sucked back in. And so that has been a challenge that as this period of time continues, that's okay when you were working from home a day, a day or so a week. When this becomes a, a five day a week kind of routine, it's, it's really important. And I'm, I'm learning. I won't say I've mastered because I certainly have not mastered how to draw more effective boundaries just so I give myself the time to recharge so that I'm my best and creative self at work. I love, yeah. yes. Mm. Go ahead, Jen. Well, I was just going to say it. I think that's so important, right? Like we we are now, and we're recording this in June of 2020. Listeners will hear it in a while, but you know, think about how every month has been different since March. And, you know, we're moving into the medium and long term now. So how are some of our routines needing to shift beyond the immediate crisis mode into, okay, you know, I have a choice and, and what do I need to do, want to do to really make this work for myself, uh, the, the work that I do, whether it's for someone else or for ourselves, the people around me, because we don't want to face burnout, right? We don't want to really get ourselves in a sort of in routines that are not healthy in the medium and long term. So yeah. it's great, you know, and I, I appreciate you sharing with us sort of the, what was it that not the live to work, it's the work to live. So, you know, everyone knows the working from home, like working from home, working from home is a very big buzz phrase, but it, some days it does feel like I'm living at work. Living at work. Yeah. Yeah. Because and that's one in the are- same now. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, resourcing can help, right? Create some boundaries. So what are the favorite go-tos right in this moment? You said you're continuing to look at technology. This is the area I love. What are you finding has been working? What might, what might be on the horizon? Yeah, we've, we really have, um, we were starting to dabble because we were working with nonprofits around the city. We had started to dabble in using Zoom. And that platform, we knew a handful of us had used it before. I had used it personally um, in my coaching practice as well. And so we've stuck with what we've known and it has evolved to meet kind of our needs right now. I think your point earlier in that we were sort of in triage mode. It was like, we have to do this and we have a short amount of time to figure this out. I think as we look at being effective in this way long-term, we are just mindful of, we just went with what we knew and what we were most comfortable with, but is it really the right solution? So we're taking a look at other platforms and certainly we collaborate with many nonprofits around the city. And so we've been exposed to Microsoft Teams and um, Google Meet and, and some of the other and WebEx and some of the other go-to webinars, some of the other tools. So one of our goals of the summer is to really take a look at 
what what is the right tool for the organization. In the nonprofit sector, you always got to look at bang for the buck because you just don't have as many budget dollars to invest in this space. But you know, we our budgets are are fluid in this time because we also usually have a fairly hefty event budget. So obviously, some of those things around refreshments and space and logistics will probably redirect to invest in technology to help us be more effective in this remote environment. Yeah. And there's so many options, right? I'm doing some work with a lot of organizations right now and let's assess and reassess and whether it's the main platform or how do we bring in other cool apps like Mural or other things to really like create those engaging conversations when you're in the nonprofit world, you're there to serve. So how do we ensure that we are able to bring in all the voices that need to be at the table physically and metaphorically? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're coming towards the end of this episode, but you're going to join us for a second one where we get to look at uh, your year sabbatical, your remote year. Michelle, I think you have maybe one more question for uh, for our, our special guest today, Kristen. What yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear too, you know, that um, I'm expecting innovation in this season. Like you said, you've seen it, you've witnessed it. So I can't wait till brilliant minds come up with amazing platforms to, you know, connect in a different way. I'm just, I'm expecting it, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's some of the beauty that comes out of some of the pain that we're experiencing. But if you had any other tips, Kristen, um, what would you share? I think the most important thing is to be yourself and be authentic. Um, for me, that has always centered around relationships. And I think you have to be even more intentional about building those relationships, just like what you would do in person. Um, if that means that you take a few minutes at the beginning of a meeting or at the end of the meeting to have the small talk or to catch up with people that you normally would do, you know, in the corner of the conference room as people are getting settled. Um, you know, I've picked up the phone a lot more than I ever have. Um, and just making sure that you, um, are continuing to build those relationships and and make sure that we are all, each one of us, regardless of our circumstances, we're all being forced to do things differently. And that is is having an impact on our schedules, on our our capacity, and on the demands of us personally. And for some, that is a dramatic increase. And for some, that's a dramatic decrease. And for others, it's just a reallocation. And so I've really found that making sure you don't assume that what you're experiencing is what the other person is experiencing and that you really do seek to genuinely and not just the lip service of checking in, but truly making sure you understand the the person on the other end of the Zoom or the other end of the phone, how they're doing in the circumstances that they're navigating because it will, we're, we're all human and it will impact kind of the mission that you're working collectively on. So for me, it's really been about don't don't assume you can't build relationships. I mean, I, I had a situation in my last role um, where I hired someone and worked with him for a year and a half before I ever met him in person. And But I felt like when I met him, I knew him and I knew all about his family and I knew all about the things he liked to do when he wasn't at work. And and I had taken that effort. And so there, it, was, it wasn't awkward at all. Um, but it was because I was really intentional about getting to know him 
um, and putting a vested interest in him. And I think that goes a long, long way towards extending grace, towards, you know, navigating these very uncharted waters together and being innovative together and problem solving together. Um, if you have those relationships in place, or you can, you can also build them really quickly when you need to. <laughs> Yeah. As I like to say, remote doesn't equal disconnected, right? Like, in fact, we're, we're a great case in point, you know, never physically met you, but you know, I've, I've, we've been able to work, collaborate and, and get to know each other. So thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us today. I'm going to leave final words with Michelle. Michelle, what do you want to say as we go to wrap up this episode? Because we're going to have Kristen back on a future episode as well. So over to you, Michelle. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know listeners, you got to be as excited as we are right now to continue this conversation. So know that Kristen's coming back. This is just the introduction to one little part of her heart. So we've just started this journey. Be sure to check out our guest page where you can get a direct connect to Kristen. And one of the other tips that I also failed to mention, but if any of your listeners would like to connect with me, I love the LinkedIn platform um, for busy professionals. And so please send me a personalized invite to connect. Let me know that you listened to the episode and that you want to catch up. And I would be very honored to connect with you. So I'm Kristen Winkle Beck on LinkedIn. And you can search my profile and send me a personalized connection request. I look forward to connecting with your listeners. Ooh, well, please check out Kristen's work. And here's the download that we're going to do. Uh, maybe I'll reach out to you on this, but a favorite topic of mine, how do you transition events to virtual? You've become a master at this. It's been my world for many years. And so how do we do that, whether it's planned or unplanned in a way that is easy and graceful? So thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Michelle. Take care. Take care.